What is up, you guys? This is episode eight of the Waxing Leos podcast, now visual. I uh, am here today, of course. I'm Mariah with my host, Bree. And we have a super special guest here today. I love her. If you are from Indy, you probably know her because she just hit 10K on Instagram. (laughs) Basically famous. Uh, One of the owners of the Witch Hazel Salon, we have Sarah Moscato Goodpaster. Did I say it right? You did. Good job. Your name is, you have Moscato in your name? I do. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so I wanted to invite Sarah on because she is super influential here in indie. Um, you know, I think you're a rock star. When I was looking to get extensions, like best of the best, right? Obviously. Um, so and also because witch hazel, ha- okay, witch hazel, <laughs> witch hazel. <laughs> is super um, open, vocal. They welcome everyone. You guys have a great environment. Um, So I just kind of wanted to talk to you today uh, about a couple things that are a little bit controversial in terms of business. Mm -hmm. And Brie is super vocal about like her stance on these things. So... Sarah is a great accompaniment to that. And this is my first time meeting Sarah. So like this is going to be pretty genuine and authentic, like how I'm talking to her as well. So just guys keep that in mind because I'm learning as you're learning. Right. So Sarah, first and foremost, tell us your Instagram. Where can people find you? Plug yourself. You can find me at Sarah MG Does Hair. Yes. Okay. And does your business have an Instagram page as well? Plug that baby. At Witch Hazel Salon. And if you're looking to get your hair done, like I said, they're the best in the Midwest. Anyways, oh, can you. I just start off just because yeah. I'm genuinely curious. How did you find her? Um, so I was like basically bald. And oh, oh <laughs> no. She says as she pets her. My yeah. hair is really fine. Bald. And so I was like uh, doing well in business, actually. So I should equate it to my business mm-hmm. because I was doing really great last year. And that was when I was by myself. Right. And I was like, I want to fucking treat myself. Period. Um, and so I found her on Instagram. So she does take great pictures. She brands herself really well. Um, and that's Good. how I found her. So through Instagram. Yes. Mm-hmm. See, and that's something that we talked about a lot in the episode was about how much social media is so important now in your business and how it like really makes or breaks the business. So just for like anyone wondering, do I really need to have an Instagram? That's literally how we find people too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's through Instagram. Even the chick who does my Botox and my lip fillers. Right. I found her through Instagram. I mean, whenever you're getting a service like that, that's to do with your appearance, you need to see photos. Yep. Yep. So there you go. You heard it here first. Mm -hmm. Even Mo found her hair guru through through IG. And um, look at these extensions there. Honestly, what's so crazy about your hair, I thought it was real. (gasps) The first time I ever met, I was like, oh my gosh, she has so much hair. And then you posted something about getting extensions. I was like, oh, it's not even her real hair. (laughs) But it's blended so well, you would literally never know. Yeah. Because I feel like I always see hair extensions where, like, you can definitely tell. Yeah. Because it will be, like, really, really thick and then just, like, get really thin and you're like, "Mm, yeah, seen hair extensions. (laughs) But no, yours looks so natural and they match your color so, like, perfectly. Thank you. We're getting rid of the red, friends. Thank you. We are. We're going a little more (laughs) We're going. We're going more natural. Natural. All right, Sarah. So... 
let's kind of dive into today's episode. I wanted to touch base on basically like a lot of your policies and how you as a business owner handle some of the shit that's happened in the last year. Because, you mm-hmm. know, it's been fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting crazier. Yes. I feel like cancellation season is upon us, friends. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. So let's hear it. Um, so first and foremost, COVID, mm. right? <clears throat> and... So there's two other owners, correct, Mm -hmm. of Witch Hazel? Yes. And when that all happened, I kind of just want you to tell us, like, your thought process and how you guys handled COVID. Because I know all businesses did differently, but how did you guys handle it? So I would say, like, initially our reaction to the news of COVID, you know, everybody was aware of it happening overseas, but it was, like, not here in the U.S. yet. Right. Um. I will admit, I was definitely one of the people who was like, it's just the flu. Get over it. I also (laughs) had a very sick pet at the time, so I was very focused on her. And then we at the salon have so many clients who are in healthcare. And so one by one, we had our physician, nursing, you know, you name it, staff come in who were working in the hospitals, and they started kind of sharing some of the stories that they were experiencing. This was probably the end of February, beginning of March. And then it was really like second hit of second week of March. It hit pretty hard. Is right. that all our clients started coming in? And I remember one telling me or telling my business partner about a 35-year-old woman she had put on a vent. Wow. And it was kind of there. I remember a Thursday where we all just kind of sat down with our salon manager, Courtney, and we were like, okay, this shit is getting serious and we need to do something about it. So it was kind of crazy. I mean, a lot of that was reactive behavior. And so the following week, I remember that Monday, we had stylists kind of starting to drop off. They were wanting to go home because there were talks of quarantine and we just didn't know what that was going to look like here. So um, we were like, you guys can take the time, but you have to, if I catch you partying in these like 14 days, I'm going to be pissed at you. But like, go home. Yeah, stay home. And by the end of the day on Tuesday, we were like, we have to close. So Wednesday was our last day in business. It was March 19th yep. um, or 18th. Actually. And I remember you guys posted on Instagram about it. And um, I did want to ask you like about backlash from that, like, because you handle the social media. Mm-hmm. So how was that when you posted about closing and all of that? Um, You know, initially, I will say like a lot of people were really, really supportive. And I will say that a lot of our clients were super thankful. We did get pushback from certain people in the industry who, Mm -hmm. you know, just didn't want it to be true, which who did. Right. And also clients who were like, well, what about me? What about my appointments? And initially we were just like, it's two weeks. Let's do this to flatten the curve. If you guys remember that fun term, we were like, oh, two weeks, just stay home, guys. Um, So a lot of it was just kind of waiting. And I'm sure you both remember how frustrating that period of time was because, yeah, we were just glued to the TV. What was it, Wednesday morning when the governor would make his announcement? And it would be like waffling, waffling, talking, bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And we would be like, when can we reopen? What's going on? So So with, because what county are you guys technically? Marion County. That's what I was wondering. So Mm -hmm. Marion County, if anybody doesn't know anything about like how Indiana did it, it was like kind of more by county. It wasn't necessarily state of when people could like reopen and close and all that stuff. And Marion was hardcore. Yeah. Marion. Well, I mean, if you guys think about your population here is higher than like pretty much anyone else. Absolutely. So like Allen County's population is like, 
like almost half of you guys. And we still have, Fort Wayne's huge still. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the second largest city. So it's crazy. But we opened, I think like months before you guys. Yeah. So when, when did you guys finally get to open full capacity June 1, we reopened. See, that's crazy. Damn. So oh, our, ours was May realize. 11th. Yeah. Damn. I know. So and I, we didn't have any, like, requirements. Restrictions at Nothing. all. Nothing. Like, okay. it was just, we didn't have to take temps. We didn't have to do any of that. It was just like, yep, go back to normal. Like, do your thing. I'm like, okay, well. Yeah, so I think one thing to remember is, like, in Marion County, we have the most major hospitals. And I would say we probably right. have the most hospitals. So that would definitely add to our COVID numbers because mm-hmm. they were bringing in people from, from small Fort towns. Wayne, for exactly, sure. From, like, yeah. really everywhere, all of these small country hospitals that weren't capable of handling, yeah. like, that level of patient care. They were coming in. And so then or they were Or not equipped adding, with what was needed, like exactly, vents and all that. Yeah, exactly. for sure. ECMO machines, you know, yep, like, yep. whatnot. So initially— I remember we were like very gung-ho about reopening. And then as we were starting to get continued news, because like I said, we have so many clients in healthcare. And then for me doing extensions, I was very quickly hitting a point where like my clients needed to take their extensions out. And so I would contact them on the day of their scheduled appointment. And I would say, I need you to order these items from Amazon. Mm -hmm. And then let's get on a FaceTime call in a week and you need to have somebody help you. So I was just getting on FaceTimes. It was this honestly like one of the most heartbreaking parts because to me, I didn't know if I was going to have any clients to come back to. Because for me and all of my friends in the industry, we were all like dying in terms of finances. Like we were just getting like absolutely killed. And did in you my qualify head, for unemployment? I did. So oh, bless. Cause I did not. They we, were like, no girl. Bye. <laughs> so we are actually commission based salon. And so we are all yes. employees of the salon. Good. So we do, we've been paying into unemployment for right. years, which that is an important thing for people to note is when you're self-employed, a lot of times you're not paying in enough to qualify mm-hmm. for unemployment. So that is something that people did run into. We're very fortunate to have qualified, but it took a full month and, Mm -hmm. you know, there was nothing. And then we were still paying for our business. So in my head, it was like the world was on fire. Nobody had money. And I was kind of like, oh my God, everybody, nobody's going to come back. Nobody's going to get extensions. It's such a luxury. But I remember speaking to my clients in healthcare and they were still sharing these crazy stories. And as kind of mid-May approached, which is when we anticipated the entire state reopening, we were like, um... I don't think that's going to be right for us. You know, it's one thing in a small studio space, but we have a large staff. Mm -hmm. And at the time, we were bursting at the seams in a small salon. This is our previous location. And so we were like, we went in and we were measuring out stations and we had some stations that weren't six feet apart. And we have a couple of people employed at the salon who are immune compromised, have autoimmune disorders and whatnot, or like family members who are ill. So Mm -hmm. we were kind of having to be sensitive to that. So... When that kind of date was approaching, we actually contacted some other salons in the area and we're like, would you guys all be willing to commit to staying closed longer? Oh, like wow. all of us together. Okay. So I, lo- I actually love that. Yeah. How Just, did that go? So we received some really positive feedback and then we received people who were like, no. Um, yeah. I sent out like a mass email. Like we basically went down the list and found what we thought to be the most influential salons in the rest of the area to be like, let's stand together. Let's not do sneaky shit, like taking each other's clients because that was happening. You know, we were having businesses that were clearly going to be reopening outside of our county who were like, if you're a client who needs your hair done and your salon isn't open, come on over here. I'll get you in. Ew, I hate that. also happened 
stylists were staying open because, you know, we weren't mandated to close until I believe the following week yeah, um, yeah. in March. Yeah. And we closed a week before we were mandated. Yep. And so there were a lot of people on Instagram who were like, oh, like if your salon's closed, I can get you in before. Wow. That's snaky. That's yeah, so shady. It's just disappointing, you know, and while we had so much camaraderie and like incredible, I don't mm-hmm. know, like leadership and whatnot in this, there were also a lot of people who were just taking advantage of the situation and yeah. not thinking about their fellow business owners. Yeah. No. So the one good thing that came from that email, which, you know, the the good thing for us really was that the mayor made the decision for us. We didn't have to choose to stay closed for an additional two weeks. Right. We were scheduled to reopen on June 1. Right. So we spent the entire week before coming up with policies and deciding what our, you know, procedures would be for just the process of reopening and mm-hmm. how we could possibly make it comfortable and safe for everybody, but still be able to make money. Yeah. Um, and we got on phone calls with a couple of other business owners. I'm really thankful and lucky. I have a really amazing network of stylists that I'm friends with through social media, through right. Instagram, who yep. also own salons. And so we all were kind of feeding off of each other and like getting ideas for policies as we were approaching reopening, because some of my friends reopened sooner, some mm-hmm. of them were much later. It just depended on the state they were in. But yeah, I will say just kind of being able to contact endless amounts of salon owners and pe- people being mm-hmm. just really open and honest about what we were anticipating. Because as you guys know, we received no leadership. No. You know, there was nothing. Yeah, yeah our uh, board of cosmetology kind of dropped the ball on everything yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, definitely. I would say as did, you know, the mayor, the governor, yeah. you know, and and so on. You know, you would think that there would have been a website that you could have gone to. Yeah, that was mayor. Like, if you listen to this podcast, we're really disappointed in you. I would say in the He's governor, like, I don't care. the state board, like the health commissioner, <laughs> and, the, and everybody. Really, like no, just in I'm general. Totally, I'm totally with you. I feel like I will say because I do have friends who own restaurants mm-hmm. and then I have a friend who owns a gym and stuff like that. Board of Health actually gave more guidance. Yeah. Okay. Um, but obviously we're not overseen by them, so mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't get any. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Board of Health actually did help quite a bit. Okay, um, They like supplied everybody with like hand sanitizer and like wow. all gloves and PPP or PPP, whatever the hell. And, and so like that was nice. We didn't get any of that. Well, so that is something that we were actually able to apply for. So small businesses, yep, yeah, you but were able to have have, the you know, tiny little bottles of hand sanitizer. <laughs> it was like yes. pure alcohol. Yeah, it was something. It was something. And, you know, uh, we were able to get like, I don't know, face masks yeah. or something yes. like that. Yeah. The so, blue ones. Mm-hmm, yeah. The like, oh, God, I hate those so much. I know. But they did come in handy because, yeah. like, honestly, we did require masks as soon as we opened. Yeah. Um, and so many people just would, like, waltz in without uh-huh. one. I'm yep. like, huh? So, <laughs> yeah, we we kind of, like, cut that off at the, yeah. you know, at the head, essentially, where we Which kept Hazel our door locked. Yeah. Um, and we made it so that you had to contact us. We would meet you at the door, do a temperature check. You wow. would have to have a mask on. Sign. We would hand sanitize. We had a little form that you had to sign. Good for saying, you. Yeah. I mean, but, you it know. It made me feel safe, like, as a customer walking yeah, in. That's I was awesome. like, okay, they're taking it seriously. And yeah, that made I me feel better. that. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, we, I, we felt a lot of pressure on our shoulders because not yeah. only are damned if you do, you're damned if you're you don't. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You know, did like you we, get backlash on oh, that? Oh, yeah. You did? Oh, yes. Even though, so like you, the majority of my clientele also is like nurses, mm-hmm. doctors, I mean, dental assistants, people who are working directly with yes. COVID, you know? Yes. Um, And even those people gave me backlash. Really? Because yeah, like we require, them. which was crazy because I'm like, 
you guys follow this shit all day long at work. Yeah, like, like what? What you have to think about is like there's so many levels of healthcare, and yeah. there Very are true. people who are working in offices who have never seen a single COVID right. patient. True. So the, but to them, you're blowing I even it out of had proportion. I even had clients who were on the COVID unit floor. Uh huh. And they were like, I don't want to wear a mask. I'm oh like. My- that's crazy. I, I'm like, uh, I want you to wear a mask because you are working on the COVID floor. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not looking to gather that so, into my home. Just not me. Plus, I mean, with you guys, because you do have a big staff, mm-hmm. um, you're, I mean, say like one of you get, gets COVID, mm-hmm. boom, your whole salon's down. So that that happened to us. It just happened to me last month. Yeah. I had to shut our whole salon down for mm-hmm. two weeks. I didn't even do the 10-day thing. I did the whole two yep, weeks. We did too. Um, but it's respectful. Yeah, we got nailed. So, Sarah, how many people work at, how many people are, like, in Witch Hazel? Yeah. Um, currently, I believe we have, like, 22 employees. Including yourself? Ooh. Including myself. God damn. Yeah. And my next question, in top of, like, this COVID thing and everything, so it's not just you. That's the big difference. Me and Bree mm-hmm. can make our decisions. So how is it working with two other people that, like— are equally boss. Mm-hmm. And How you have a man, you, you have a store manager. Yeah, we yeah. have a salon manager. That's freaking awesome. I wish and I had an assistant one. manager now. Oh, so nice. I wish I had two. <laughs> I know. Yeah, right? I mean that is something like you know I've talked to you about where I, oh. I definitely think you're at the time you're at the point where it's time for you to hire yeah. management. That is beautiful. Not front desk, but a management position, and that was the really important thing for us was like we wanted to find somebody who we could pay a salary, like a good yeah. salary to give them benefits, take care of them because you know we didn't want these in and out hourly employees we want somebody who's mm-hmm. going to grow with the company and cares oh, and i care. love that for you guys and yeah. I, I think that's what Blessed. we try speaking for myself but also for my business partners you know yeah we try to kind of create the environment where people want to stay yeah um they're not looking to just like use our salon as a springboard of course that's to open to, their that's own thing exactly right. and that is the reality i mean a lot of people want to be their own boss we have mm-hmm. a lot of people who have no interest yeah um, but you know like i always admire like tech companies and the way that they work. And I think salons long-term just forever have really lacked in like the proper HR management side. Oh, I could not agree more. It's just like everything's fly by the seat of the pants. Everything is reactionary. We hired an HR consultant who has kind of completely rehauled everything from our policies to our employee handbook to just anything. And anytime we come into something, we reach out to her and we're like, Mm -hmm. what are your, what are your thoughts on how we should handle this? Because, you know, we want to have people come into work and be like, everything's fine. You know, or like if there's a conversation that has to be had, we have the conversation and we're like, it's over now. Right. Giving you feedback. Don't do this again. And I'm not mad at you. Go, go do hair and like, see you later. Dude, that's my But do you and your business partners, do you guys feel like normally you're on the same page or is there like lots of conversation that has to happen? Yeah, I mean, I would say it just depends on the topic. Like in general about basic moral things, we are Mm -hmm. all on the same page. You know, we all felt the same about COVID procedures. We felt the same about taking stances when it came to like, quote unquote, political matters. And that's just kind of who we are. There are things, of course, that sometimes one person will have a strong opinion about, the other one will disagree. But what's great is like, we've all had this long-term relationship with each other for one person 13 years, the other 10 plus, and we have grown with each other so Mm -hmm. much. We've definitely had, you know, of course, hard times as anybody does with anybody in their life. But, like, one thing that I would say we really pride ourselves on is, like, we do not make decisions separately. You know, anytime we just had our quarterly meetings with our employees and somebody asked something, one of the owners was doing hair at the time, and I was like, 
let's table that. Like, I'm going to say tentatively, yes, but like Mm -hmm. we don't make decisions without everybody here. Right. That's nice. That's something that's really important. And, you know, owning your own thing is really hard. You know, I, that's, I think why half the time salon owners or anybody go fucking crazy because it's really hard. You know, I'm very lucky. It's hard. And I've been there, you know, I was in a solo suite by myself for years and had to kind of implement all of my own policies. And it's, I now get to half the time be a little bitch, walk away and let my salon manager deal with it. Where I'm like, you deliver the bad news. So I want to, just ask just because I'm totally curious how did you guys form the salon so was it always just like three boom you just all three owned it did you open it together we did yes okay so how like because you said you had long-term relationships Mm so did you guys go to school together did you do hair together previously yeah, so Mel and I were in beauty school together. Okay. Um, all three of us are graduates from Aveda. Mm-hmm. So me and Mel were in beauty school together. After I graduated, I moved to Chicago and did in an, like an apprenticeship program. Nice. When I moved home to Indy, I started at a salon part-time and I worked front desk at the school. Mm-hmm. Kelsey was a student at the time. I met her. Oh. We were like illegal friends because staff right. isn't allowed to be friends with, like, <laughs> <laughs> with the students for whatever reason. Illegal and so, exactly. illegal. so then as soon as we left, like we became friends outside of that or as soon as she graduated, rather, right. we became friends um, and just kind of stayed in touch. And then... Um, it was actually like October was kind of our initial anniversary. It was eight years ago. I saw that. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Congratulations. We were, thank you. We were at um, a hair show. It was an Aveda hair show in Minneapolis. And Mel and I were working together at a salon at the, t- at the time. And Kelsey was working at another Aveda salon. And I was like, oh, Mel, you need to meet Kelsey. She's awesome. So we all met and kind of hung out for the show. And we were all sitting at the bar in the hotel and we were kind of just talking about everything in the industry that we didn't love, the things that yeah. we did love, our views and like our dreams for the future. And we jokingly were like, we're going to open a salon together one day and we're going to call it Witch Hazel because Witch Hazel is our favorite product from Aveda. Oh, we I loved love that. the like kind of the full circle experience of the plant where it's right. a super ugly plant, but it has multi-use. It's the original beauty product. Like mm-hmm. my grandmother, my great grandmother was a witch beautician. Witch mm-hmm. everything. Yep. And she put like Witch Hazel in her water spray yeah. bottles and all people use it, you know, medicinally also. So we mm-hmm. Loved kind of all of that. Plus, we were like, it sounds cool. So that <laughs> was that. something. Yeah, it was. And then it was like a week later, I actually got fired from that job. <gasps> um, yeah. Why do things happen when you get fired? Why do good people get fired? Yeah. I'm so confused. I don't fucking I know. I am confused. Insecurity. Yeah. Insecurity. Bro. I mean, some people, it's warranted. Absolutely. I think I almost shit my pants when she told me she got fired. Yeah. So I was like, I was place. like, you? <laughs> like, what? But my same thing with my husband. He got fired from his job. And I'm like, mm-hmm. look wow. at us now. Yeah. Yeah. And now you know, we're all business owners. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I think it's all about how you react to it. So, yeah, yeah I opened my own salons. I was in salon lofts. And so mm-hmm. I went to that. About a year later, Mel got fired from that job oh and then God. opened a salon loft. Which, I mean, you know, like it was a pretty horrible place to work. Yeah. And then, Typical salon environment. Awesome. Yep. So we worked up in the lofts for a couple of years. I hardcore pushed them to open a downtown location. Um, and I actually like scouted the location for them. So when that finally opened, we were had been talking to Kelsey where we were like, okay, we all need to be downtown because we knew we wanted to open Witch Hazel downtown. Mm-hmm. We're like, we kind of need to establish ourselves here. And you need to leave the salon that you're at and come here. <laughs> so she... <laughs> And she did. And, and she, she did. did. So we all had lofts downtown. We were like kind of in a triangle. I freaking love and, this. And um, 
worked there for a year. It was actually on my birthday, 2016. I saw that the donut shop that was in our kind of dream location closed and spiraled, got home, started working on it. And we opened February, 2017. If that is not the damn, just like the definition of manifestation, I don't know what it is. Yeah. That is wild. So we have one more thing that I really wanted to ask you about before we kind of end the episode, let's end it here. A witch hazel is super vocal. Like I said about COVID, they were like the first business that Mm -hmm. I saw post that they were closing before we were mandated. Um, BLM, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. you know, LGBTQ. We've talked about it in previous episodes, mm-hmm. how important it is to put it out there. You don't want people wondering mm-hmm. more so like, let's put it out there and mm-hmm. like everyone's Because well, people have had so many shitty experiences or know someone that has. So yeah. might as well just go ahead and be upfront with it. Right. So then they don't have to be like, am I going to come in here and get turned away? Exactly. Right. You know? Yeah. And like during BLM and all that stuff, obviously it was, it was a wild time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, but again, I still saw Witch Hazel being very vocal about what they stand for and what they believe. And so... I guess my question to you is for like other entrepreneurs that are Mm -hmm. listening to this in the beauty industry, what advice do you have for them and, and basically standing up for what's right in times when it's hard. And cause I know me and you, if you don't mind me sharing, I've talked about how we both really have anxiety Mm -hmm. and that shit stresses me out. Stress me out. Yeah. So um, what advice would you have in terms of like, you know, standing up for yourself and how do you take that negative feedback and all that stuff? I mean, I think ultimately for myself and my business partners, like that is who we are. Like our morality, to me, that kind of thing is like the base of your morality or your Mm -hmm. beliefs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, to us, we believe that people should be treated nicely. I mean, just like all of everything that's kind of been brought to the surface in the last two years just because of everybody being so uptight and like frustrated and angry like it's brought so much and then of course you know like a lot of other things nationally have been kind of encouraged bad Mm -hmm. behavior and whatnot you know that is like the core of who we are as human Mm -hmm. beings and I just could never stay silent especially last year you know when there was a salon that closed that had not been, I mean, in an, in the least judgmental shithead way of saying it had not been relevant in a very long time. They had, you know, and they just, they made in the Indy? choice in Indy. Um, my brain's just turning. So Who is it? Well, I, I don't want to say, no, but you don't like, gotta say. they, you know, they just had not grown. They had not taken education. They, sure. I mean, their website was from like 1990. Like sure, their sure, place sure. hadn't been updated. Typical. And, yeah. And they closed because they were not getting the clients that they used to. And they blamed it on what they called riots downtown. They, they blamed their salon closing what? on the riots, which I found to be so frustrating because I was like, first of all, your salon is not street level. So there was no affection, you know, it was not affected by like glass breaking. But also like my salon is also downtown. People were fine with coming downtown. And also I, you know, what I said was I was like, if somebody breaks the glass of my window of my salon, that's why I have insurance. Yeah. I can't replace people's lives. Like if somebody... And I remember having a conversation with my 89-year-old grandma about this, where she was like, if a police officer shot my 
child or you and nothing happened, she was mm-hmm. like, I would burn this entire city down. Oh, and yeah. I was like, and that's all my 89-year-old grandma. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of something that we felt we were just so frustrated with the way that things were being approached. And I I do think that like the whole thing of business owners having to stay silent on things that matter is like a boomer philosophy. It's old. Oh, it's done. I could not agree anymore. I That's where I think my husband struggles because he owns a funeral home. So, mm-hmm. like, obviously your clientele is older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, hopefully your clientele yes. is older. Yes. Um, and he— One foot in the grave, as yeah. they say. Yeah. And he really struggled on, like, should I speak out about things? Mm-hmm. And, and I said, well, there's other ways you can do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to post on Facebook saying, yeah. like, I feel this way. You can donate money. Absolutely. We can go to the protests. We can do these other things. If you hear things. something, if you're in a conversation yes. and there's a moment— yeah. Yeah, st- yeah, stand up for your your like his uncle is gay and just got married and um whenever we hear something that's homophobic my husband's first one to mm-hmm. say something so I'm mm-hmm. like it's no different than we need to stand up for our black friends absolutely right. you know I'm like that's literally no different mm-hmm. so he he's been getting better about it I think he was just very hesitant yeah but with me with uh, with us luckily we have the ability in our business yes. platform we have the yeah platform. we have and we have. I'm not saying we have the okay to be vocal, but mm-hmm. we almost do at the same time because, like, in the funeral industry, well, yeah, you kind of have to be a little, little more conservative with how you do things. True. But yeah. with this, I mean, I can, I can, I go on my Instagram story. I say, "Fuck this, fuck mm-hmm. that." I don't care what anybody <laughs> thinks. Yeah, because you get to choose if you want to come here or not. True. And I don't care. Well, and I think it ultimately, like. As business owners, we are the leaders in our industry. We become leaders in our community. And, like, we have to say it's okay. Like, we can't have somebody else say it's okay. Because ultimately, like, me saying, hey, like, I am spending this entire day and I'm going to donate my entire earnings to these different, like, organizations that I strongly believe in. And this is why. And I want you to read about it. Mm -hmm. That might inspire literally one person to do the same thing. Yeah. And, And, you know, like, just one person being vocal and being like, I don't give a fuck if I lose followers. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if you don't want to come to my salon. And I also think it's huge to note for people who aren't in the salon industry listening to this podcast that we don't really have leaders Mm -hmm. in our industry. So that's why we need to become ones. Absolutely. And that's, I think, I mean, I'm literally just meeting her for the first time, but I always feel, I already feel very like influenced, you know, already by you. Just by sitting here in front of you, I feel very influenced. Yeah, she, I um, had a, I personally didn't have this crazy client, but I had one of my girls have to deal with a crazy client. And I was like, literally had me and Sarah, you know, she's just on my hair, but you know what I mean? I was like, Sarah, can you help me? Give me (laughs) advice. What would Sarah do? (laughs) And she did. And, you know, hooked me up with the HR lady and now I feel a lot better. Oh, good. You know, but it's just, and and that's one other thing too, is just, you know, you and Witch Hazel, I feel very welcome there. Your salon is great. You're great. And that's why you're fucking fully booked, you know, for how long? Through the end of the year, at least. And like next year. I book like three appointments out with her. Well, and you know what I will say is absolutely like we are in a place of privilege as our salon. We are extremely busy. And I will say like me particularly, like I have the ability to like, you can stop coming to me. Yeah. But like, you know, Mm -hmm. there, I totally understand there are times there were times in my career where it was not like that, you know, where I needed every single Mm -hmm. Trump Barbie I could possibly get. I needed every single like anyone 50 year old woman from the (laughs) suburbs or whatever. But you know, like now I'm obviously at the point where I don't need to. But one thing that I will say is like, I still have a couple of those kinds of, you know, clients. And Mm -hmm. I think 
they like getting their hair done with me. Yeah. yeah. They will put aside what they don't agree with. But right. more than anything, I can gently tell them you're wrong and yeah. let me tell you why. Or like, please don't ask me if I feel safe downtown. Right. Because I feel much less safe in Carmel because you guys are mm-hmm. like it's it, that doesn't no, there's I'm not with the you. same community there and you know I I think just kind of correcting people and yeah. being like an influential person in their life where it's like you spend a lot of time with me I spend more time with my clients than I do my family yeah, yeah. and they sometimes see me more often than they see their family right. so you know I think I can personally if I can change like five people's minds cool right. that's yeah. great. And I guess I'll do your hair still. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think a big thing too, like when it comes to that stuff is like they, they're, I'm not saying they're closed minded, but they are. It's just because this is what they've been fed and they mm-hmm. haven't decided to like step out of that All comfort zone. people in their circle think that way. Right. And so, so, well, not only that, but like most of the people, cause I'm up like near LaGrange-ish area mm-hmm. and most of people haven't even traveled outside of the state. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, you well, know, they're, they're not cultured. And so what is the statement? It's like willful ignorance and yeah. um, I can't remember the yes. other half of yeah. like, no, the quote. But I know, yeah. Saying. But it's, you know, it, some people genuinely, there's just been no exposure. They've never met a right. single, you know, person in the LGBTQ plus I think there's community. two black people in LaGrange. Yeah, they've never had anything. any experience. Like they don't know, you know, or they're just things that they've said continuously their entire life that nobody's ever said like, That's hey, wrong. Um, don't say that in front yeah. of me, you yeah, know, and yeah. I have no problem saying that to people. I never really have. That was something I'm yeah. lucky. Like yeah. my parents were like, don't fucking say that or I'm going right. to hit you in the face, you right. know? 100%. So I think just continuing that on a less violent manner is a good <laughs> yeah. way to kind of manage your life because- Don't hit your clients. <laughs> don't hit your clients. But do tell them like, hey, um, you cannot say that in front of me. And right. let me tell you why. Yeah, Because that- and that is a boundary. <laughs> that Ooh, is a boundary. Dude, I love boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, last question. Yes. Uh, we want to hear one horror story. <laughs> I want to hear one horror story. I love of horror a time stories. when you did hair or like something that happened to you work-related. It doesn't have to be at Witch Hazel. It could be in yeah. previous salons too. Is it like um, when something goes wrong or just dealing with like a crazy client? Either both. Because <laughs> normally if both. you're dealing with... A crazy client, something went wrong. <laughs> True. Um, okay, so one of my favorite stories, this actually happened at our old location, is one of our stylists was doing um, a woman's hair who was a little agitated from the get-go, you know, and mm. she basically came in and, you know, there were like red flag, red flag, red flag. Mm. Initially should have just said at the after the consultation, you know, <laughs> what you're wanting is not realistic and we're just not going to get there. So like right. kindly get out. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, you know, things were continued and she was not happy at the end, despite, you know, clear communication with everything that happened. And she became extremely agitated mm. and was yelling at this person um, and just causing a scene. And I was like, to my client, I was like, I'm going to be right back. <laughs> BRB. Hold, please. And I walked over and I was like, I pulled a mom moment. I got in her ear and I said, if you do not stop talking at that volume, I will call the police. And I was like, literally shut your fucking mouth. Damn. And she was like, well, I'm not paying, blah, blah, blah. And she went to get to the door and I, another one of our stylists kind of blocked her. And I was like, if you walk out the door, you're going to have the cops following you. Yeah. Then you have two choices. You can leave and I'll call the cops and you will pay. You mm-hmm. can pay and you can get the fuck out. 
you choose. Mm -hmm. And she like, you know, made a whole scene and whatever. But it was like one of those moments where I was just like, you are not going to disrupt the peace of everybody in here. Oh my God. With your crazy ass. And I feel like sometimes it's like crazy. Like I hate to say crazy people, but people who are behaving badly. Either you need to just say, kindly get the fuck out. Or you need to like get down on their level. And like there's, that's always like a a move my mom played with me. She never Mm -hmm. yelled. She would just speak very quietly in my ear. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, do you want to go to the bathroom? Yes. Literally, I'm going to count go to the I'm gonna count to three. And that's a joke like me and my siblings still have where we're like, Dude. I'm going to count down from three. <laughs> if you don't stop, you know what's going to happen. And I'm like, there is something about just getting very quiet and serious oh, yeah. that people are like, oh shit, okay. And she, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I can't remember. I think she paid and then she left. And did well, it would be theft of services otherwise. True. Right. Yeah, I'd sick the damn cops on her ass too. I mean, there's so many other crazy stories, especially Bro, with doing extensions because uh, it's a whole, you know, I it's a whole you. other level of experience because there's a lot of emotion and also a lot of money involved. Yeah, um, But right. like, I'm sure, yeah, you guys just can imagine. Bro. Well, damn, guys, we are super lucky to have had Sarah here today. And again, follow her on IG, follow Witch Hazel Salon on IG, and we will catch the vibe next time. Peace. See you next Wednesday. Thank you for having me. (laughs)